0: The Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. It's good to trust in Elohim. I'm Tim.
1: And I'm Miss. That is especially true when we don't understand his instructions. Let's talk about it.
0: If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpiltorah.com. Follow us on redpiltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you.
1: And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Louisiana and Israel. Listen out for Red Piltorah on a radio station near you.
0: The Hebrew, or actual name of the book of Numbers, is Bamidbar which means in the wilderness. It gives us insights into key experiences of the children of Israel when they were on the verge of entering the Promised Land. Now, as we know, the way to the Promised Land was through a wilderness. The Torah portion, Hukat covers Bamidbar or Numbers, chapters 19 through 22, verse 1.
1: The Hebrew word, Chukat, is often translated as statue now we're not talking about the statues in the park but statues like legal regulations we see it in the second verse in the reading starting at chapter 19 verse 1 it says Yehovah said to Moshe and Aaron this is the regulation from the Torah which Yehovah has commanded like most Hebrew words there is more there than we often get from the translation
0: when it comes to these particular statues or regulations We often don't understand or necessarily agree with them. We obey them in faith, knowing that the foolishness of Elohim is wiser than men, and the weakness of Elohim is stronger than men. That's 1 Corinthians 1, verse 25. The Hebrew word chukah means to encompass or portray something, like a drawing or an engraving. It means the rendering of an image. And while we may not quite understand the chukah, In Torah, we may recognize the portrayal of messages as faint images pointing to someone or something else in Scripture.
1: The first statue or portrayal mentioned in Numbers chapter 19 involves the red heifer. It was to be an animal without defect and never used with a yoke. The red heifer was slaughtered and completely burnt up outside the camp along with cedar wood and hyssop and a scarlet yarn. Beginning at verse 7, it says, Then the priest shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp, but the priest shall be unclean until evening.
0: I'll keep reading from there, Mama. The one who burns the heifer shall wash his clothes in water and bathe his body in water and shall be unclean until evening. And a man who is clean shall gather up the ashes of the heifer and deposit them outside the camp in a clean place. And they shall be kept for the water for impurity for the congregation of the people of Israel. It is a sin offering. And the one who gathers the ashes of the heifer shall wash his clothes and be unclean until evening. And this shall be a perpetual statue for the people of Israel and for the stranger who sojourns among them.
1: So... The ashes of the red heifer were used to make special water, mm-hmm. which was needed to clean the people who came in contact with someone who died. The book of Job chapter 14 poses a question that gets to the heart of this hukah. I'll read the first three verses. They say a human being born from a woman lives a short trouble filled life. He comes up like a flower and withers away flees like a shadow doesn't last. You fix your eyes on the creature like this. You drag him to court with you. In these verses, Job is talking about the eventual physical death of humans on this earth. Job marvels that Elohim takes time to judge people, given our frail nature.
0: Picking up at verse 4, it says, Who can bring what is pure from something impure? No one. Since his days are fixed in advance, the number of his months is known to you and you have fixed the limits which he can't cross. Verse 4 asks the question about the red heifer. If even the priests who perform this ritual are made unclean, how can the ashes that are produced from the ritual make someone clean? From a Hebrew perspective, there is no uncleanness that's more unclean than death. So, how does the death of this red heifer make the priest unclean Yet its ashes and water can clean a person from the contamination of death.
1: In the Hebrew text, we see the Hebrew word hukav used in the text. This time, it is translated as limits or boundaries. Now remember, hukat can mean to encompass something, like a boundary encompasses a specific section of land. it's interesting to see the scripture with Job's question about bringing clean from unclean which poses the question of the red heifer, using the Hebrew word hukat. We can only see this in the Hebrew language, and it's not a coincidence. Let's get more perspective on this hukat from Isaiah chapter
0: 53. Reading from verse 3, People despised and avoided him, a man of pains, well acquainted with illness. Like someone from whom people turned their faces, he was despised. We did not value him. In fact, it was our diseases he bore, our pains from which he suffered. Yet we regarded him as punished, stricken and afflicted by Elohim. But he was wounded because of our crimes, crushed because of our sins. The disciplining that makes us whole fell on him, and by his bruises we are healed. I'll
1: read from verse 9. Okay. He was given a grave among the wicked, In his death he was with a rich man. Although he had done no violence and had said nothing deceptive, yet it pleased Jehovah to crush him, to see if he would present himself as a guilt offering. If he does, he will see his offspring, and he will prolong his days. And at his hand Jehovah's desire will be accomplished. After this ordeal he will see satisfaction. By his knowing, pain, and suffering, my righteous servant makes many righteous. It is for their sins that he suffers.
0: Isaiah 53 talks about the Messiah dying for sins of others. Mm -hmm. Now that seems to violate what we read in Deuteronomy 24 and 16, which says every man shall be put to death for his own sin. The common understanding of this scripture is that a person cannot die for sins committed by another person. Both scriptures are a hundred percent true because Messiah Yeshua is not just a human. He is Elohim in flesh. He is able to atone for the sins of another person or every person because he's Elohim.
1: The account of the bronze serpent is another one of those statues we don't fully understand. And this one is also a representation of the Messiah. In Numbers chapter 21 verses four through nine, Israel complained against Elohim and against Moshe. Then snakes described as fiery or burning bit many Israelites killing them as a remedy reading from verse eight and the Lord said to Moshe make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole and everyone who was bitten when he sees it shall live so Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole and if a serpent bit anyone he would look at the bronze serpent and live so how could looking at something lifted up result in healing the serpent was cursed in the Garden of Eden How does healing in life come
0: from something cursed? We know that Messiah Yeshua was crucified on a large wooden pole, or a tree, if you will. Quoting from Deuteronomy 21, verses 22 and 23, Galatians chapter 3, 13 says, The Messiah redeemed us from the curse pronounced in the Torah by becoming cursed on our behalf. For the Tanakh, or Old Testament, says, Everyone who hangs from a stake comes under a curse. Yeshua the Messiah did this so that in union with him the Gentiles might receive the blessing announced to Abraham, so that through trusting and being faithful we might receive what was promised, namely the Ruach Hakodesh.
1: In John chapter three, verse fourteen through sixteen, Yeshua explained this Huchat to Nicodemus, one of the religious rulers of Israel. Yeshua said, Just as Moshe lifted up the serpent in the desert, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, so that everyone who trusts in Him may have eternal life. For Elohim so loved the world that He gave His only and unique Son, so that everyone who trusts in Him may have eternal life, instead of being utterly destroyed. We know for certain that the bronze serpent mentioned in Numbers chapter 21 is a depiction of Yeshua's sacrifice.
0: The red heifer and the bronze serpent are probably the two best-known hookah, or statues in this reading, and it's no coincidence that they both are representations of the Messiah, Yeshua. Mm-hmm. Near the beginning of this podcast, we read from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25. Let's read a few verses before 25.
1: I'll start at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18. Okay. It says, For the message about the cross is nonsense to those in the process of being destroyed, but to us in the process of being saved it is the power of Elohim Amen. indeed the Tanakh says I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and frustrate the intelligence of the intelligent where does that leave the philosopher the Torah teacher or any of today's thinkers hasn't Elohim made this world's wisdom look pretty foolish for Elohim's wisdom ordained that the world using its own wisdom would not come to know him therefore Elohim decided to use the nonsense of what we proclaim as his means of saving those who come to trust in it.
0: Precisely because Jews ask for signs and Greeks try to find wisdom, we go on proclaiming a Messiah executed on a pole as a criminal. To Jews, this is an obstacle, and to Greeks, it's nonsense. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, this same Messiah is Elohim's power and Elohim's wisdom. For Elohim's nonsense is wiser than humanity's wisdom, mm-hmm. and Elohim's weakness is stronger than humanity's strength. So, Mama, Elohim's wisdom is clearly shown in the way he has woven the Tanakh, or the Old Testament, and the New Testament together, making one complete Bible. He gave us the background as context and foretold the ending, also that we would believe, even if we don't understand everything. So, what would you do if
1: you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions? Would you take the blue pill and insist on a detailed understanding of the entire Bible before you decide to believe?
0: Or, would you take the red pill and decide to believe based on your faith in the Father and His unique Son, Yeshua the Messiah? Only you can answer that question. Even people who don't believe in the Elohim of Israel can see that difficult times are coming. For many who believe, these times may test your faith to the limit. If they do, remember the lesson of the hook or the statues. We believe because we love and trust Elohim.
1: Well, that's all we have time for today. Listen again and share Red Pill Torah with a friend. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where
0: you can handle the truth.